0: Welcome again to our home at home services. What a wonderful opportunity it is to come together and to share in the community. It's really powerful and uh, psychiatrists and counsellors are really making this so emphatic that community is what helps keep us alive, keeps us connected. So continue to build these bonds and I'm sure as we do, God is going to continue to bless us because he tells us that, you know, do not neglect the fellowshipping of ourselves together. And that really enjoy when we have these moments. Thank you so much for that welcome and for our worship team who always inspires us. We've been having some new songs, which they've recorded and they are so powerful. So thank you again. you inspire us to continue to worship and give god praise our last message we talked about the banking the quality of our testimony the, the the witness that it makes us in terms of declaring the goodness of god and god is really letting us know as i explained that challenge is a resource in the kingdom and that He declares, Jesus, that we will be witnesses unto him in Acts 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, which is to tell people about me, both in Jerusalem and Judea. And so every time we give a testimony, we are now, along with the heroes of faith, becoming witnesses, testifying of the goodness of God and we explain that banking it allows us to build this wealth. Uh, the Word of God declares the testimony of the Lord is the spirit of prophecy and it really means that it allows us to inspire somebody else to hope, to believe. It gives the inspiration. It's almost like if you were a virus, you catch that impetus of faith and belief that if God does it for somebody, or for me, he can do it for you. And what he declares, that it's a spirit of prophecy. And today, we're going to really unpack further, looking at what it is to have a combat strategy if we are in a challenge, if we are fighting a battle, then we need to have a combat strategy. And we wanna look at the one-two punch as to how Jesus, through the power of his grace and wisdom through the Holy Spirit, took on these challenges and has given us a model through through the Bible so that we can overcome the world. And we're talking about Um, being combatants, a combat strategy. So a a, a combat really is, is an engagement fought between two military forces. Okay, so two opposites, two forces going up against each other. This is combat, the act of fighting any contest or struggle or fighting against or a clash with. So we're very clear here that if we are in a battle, then we are in combat. And if you didn't know it, that's what's happening. That challenge you're facing is part of the combat. It's a part of the fight that you're engaged in. And that makes us combatants. Turn to the person next to you, say you're a combatant. And what it means is the one who fights. I'm declaring today that we are going to be fighters. I know Michael Jackson talks about being a lover, not a fighter, but we can love, but you still need to fight. Because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, verse four, the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Uh, Another version says, pulling down, dismantling strongholds. These are fighting terms, these are war terms. You are in a battle and we are combatants and if you don't have a strategy, then your enemy is going to overtake you, he's going to overpower you. But what we know is that we have a God who is completely versed in warfare. Isaiah nine verse seven, we, it talks about the zeal of the Lord's Sabbath. This is referring to the Lord of the angel armies, he will perform. This military strategy that we're talking about is really held and led by the Lord Sabbath. It's not Sabbath, it's spelled S-A-B-A-O-T-H. And this really is meaning the captain of the angel armies. That's what it means. Jesus himself is referred to as the captain of the angel's armies. And he has a team of angels that fight on our behalf. This is the military strategy here that we are using. We're encouraged that with this army of angels behind us, that we now have to engage a strategy that empowers them to act at the right moment in time. What is this strategy? Here, it is binding and loosing. Matthew 16, verse 19. It says, Notice again that Jesus says, Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What's interesting about these terms is that binding or bind and loose, they're, they're both courtroom terms. Now, the moment we identify that, we realize that we are called the Ecclesia, God's governing body on earth, which means we meet, come together, we make a ruling and we declare a strategy that will now be part of our combatant operative, that allows us to declare and fight the battles of the warfare that attacks or comes against us daily. And so we're told here that we use a strategy to bind or loose, they're both courtroom terms, they are legal rulings. You can have a binding contract or you can go to court and have a contract dissolved or loose. You and I have that responsibility. So even in the Greek text, Jesus literally says in Matthew 16, verse 18 to 19, he goes on to say, you know, when you put all the Greek tenses together, it says whatever or any time you encounter hell's counsel, hell's leadership, hell's government, he says that I am determined that my ecclesia will prevail. In other words, that what we rule, what decision we make, in our conference and our coming together, God is saying that He will now execute it. You will then face a decision as to whether or not you bind or loose. Some things need to be bound, and to say that's not going to happen. Some things need to be loose so that it can take place. And that's the authority we have, that the God Sabbath, the uh, the God of the captain of the angel armies, then comes behind the decisions that we make because we are being led by the Spirit of God. What transpires is conditional upon our response, yours and mine. Heaven will back us. God's throne will rule in your favor and sufficient force will be released to enforce it. Why? Because there is a limitless amount of angels. God's angel armies will be sent to assist. So we don't have to fear or worry. Our role is not to fret, it is to either bind or loose. it's to make a decree with the authority that's been placed upon us as the governance on earth. You see, the battle is won in the spirit before you ever see it on earth. Jesus said, if my church will battle for the throne of the region and will bind hell's kingdom, hell's kingdom will not prevail. Why? because he says, I, Lord Sabbath, will release angel armies to enforce their ruling. You see, this is a strategy, a two-pronged attack. Then we must understand that living in a hostile world means you are always in a fight for survival. Have you ever noticed that? Every day, You've got to get through the day, get through the hour. Some of us get through the traffic, get through the challenges at work, get through the queues. There's always something to overcome. But Jesus says, I've already overcome the world, and we know that. So with that confidence, we can then go forth and trust that our responsibility is to seek him first and allow him to take care of all the other stuff. But we have to be in a position to decree to bind and loose. That challenge is a combative zone. You have to have a strategy to take it on. Now, we're told here that we must understand that the living in a hostile world means all the time that you are having to make a decision as to what combat are you going to be engaged in today. Every day, the enemy is looking for an angle. But you have to keep your mind fixed on the captain of the angel armies, Jesus Christ himself. You see, the strategy here is the equivalent of a left and right jab in boxing. We must be on the offensive. So you've got to have these balanced, steady feet and being able to to lean back on that Back foot, which is keeping you so your balance and support, and the front one, which is now tracking down the opponent. But when we wrestle, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and in, in spiritual places. So we need a strategy that is of the spiritual world. First Corinthians 15 and verse 45 says, Verse. Uh, man Adam became a living being. I was telling us about. Let's go back to the inception here. The, the first man Adam was a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So God, Jesus Christ, the the, the captain of the angel armies, is the, the last Adam, who is a life-giving spirit. Meaning that we deal in a spiritual realm. We have the natural and we have the spiritual, and it's always the natural that then is completely supported by the spiritual. You see, before the Christ, there was a Christ, the living spirit. You and I were living beings. But Jesus came to seek and to save us. And so in so doing, he now put the second punch into the enemy, that when the enemy thought he'd destroyed and taken authority over man, here comes the number two blow that Jesus Christ offers himself as a sacrifice, comes down, in fact, the the, the word describes it, that he took off his deity. It's like backing off your coat, And he gives his coat to the father and says, I'm going to fight a battle. I'm going to rescue, to seek and to save and to deliver mankind. That's why in Isaiah, he tells us that the spirit of the Lord is upon him because he's anointed him to set at liberty those who are bound. There is a battle to set and to keep men free. Jesus came and he hits the enemy with the second blow, that he's a life-giving spirit. And this one-two punch is a combination. Here, he says, it's a combination of two quick blows in rapid succession in boxing. You can see that, that usually the first jab will be followed at once by a hard blow with the right hand and often that first jab can clear the way and the second one comes in and finishes the job you see one two punch two forces combining to produce a marked effect what happens when we come together we have us in our humanity clothed with the spiritual anointing of God that now allows us to fight the enemy and to trust that we will receive the victory you see the enemy comes to kill to steal and to destroy but God has come to give us life and that we would have life more abundantly this is John 10 verse 10 he says the thief death comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance and we've been talking about this that your responsibility is to live Live with authority, live with abundance. Why? And let God, the captain of the army, strategize and we then rule and decree as to what takes place. And what this means here is that death, his intention is always to bring us to nothing. Death means that things add up to nothing because the wages of sin, therefore, is death. It adds up to nothing. But the gift of God is abundant life. We are the custodians of life. Now, if Jesus Christ is a life-giving spirit, then you and I are filled with abundant life. Life gives birth to life, which always amounts to a new thing. That's why Jesus can always declare, behold, I do a new thing. Every single day, new life is being flowing or given to us, supplied through our Saviour. We are given this flow of living water, this life that flows through us and it moves us forward. It allows us to understand that we don't have to retreat. But we have a God who is always on the offensive. He gives us new grace every morning. He gives us new blessings. And he prepares us for the battle that is ahead. He also declares to us is that through faith we declare the let there be of God. I want to say that again. We then understand that our responsibility, if we are binding and loosing, we are declaring and what we are here, we are declaring the let there be of God. You see, God is letting us know that prophecy is the let there be of God. He tells us that the kingdom is within us and that I, my father, will take our abode with you and that we are hid with Christ in God. The enemy attacks the physical in order to impact, he says, the, the spiritual. You are a life-giving spirit. Let there be a God who understands that you are his child, he knows who you are, and that you have a resource from him as a life comes from him. The prophetic will of God is what we declare according to his will. That's why the prayer declares that the kingdom should come on earth as it is in heaven. God is his word. Can I say that again? God is his word. Therefore, prophecy is the let there be of God. That's why in the beginning, when we look at creation, God turns and says, let there be light. And there was light. Let's break this down. The word let, the word let means allow, permit through a specific action, actively cause something to happen consent to give permission or permit to cause to move to grant or use or, or, or an occupation of under a term or a contract so it means that here you're, to let means to allow or permit to actually cause something to happen so what we are saying is let meaning when we're declaring we're saying something has got to happen I want you just to say that again, just tell the person next to you, something's got to happen. Things can't stay the way they are. Not with a God who has a strategy, not with a God who has an army, not with a God who is prepared to fight for us. And the, it goes, let there, let there be, look what the word, that there, in or at that place or location, there. There. So we're looking here now. When we look at the word be, have the, it has the quality of being, and it means occupy a certain position or area. So the prophetic nature of God is let whatever we require be there now let there be of God when we then declare when we bind and loose this is what we are declaring is that prophetic word of God let there be now and by faith we believe it we trust him because God is declaring that he is the king of glory i want us to read this passage and we're going to be concluding with this here in first corinthians 15 verse 45 and 58 i'm going to read these verses this is, is written. He says, the first man, Adam, became a living being, an individual personality. The last Adam, Christ, became a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. You're alive through the power of Christ. But it is is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical and then the spiritual. So we've got this one-two process. The physical came first and it told us and showed us that no matter what we do, we cannot overcome the world without God. And then here we go. And then the spiritual comes and says, you need the love of the Father. You need the grace of the Father. You need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You need the power that comes from the Godhead. Verse 47, the first man was from out of the earth, made of dust, earthly-minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. I love this, we're seeing this coming together of heaven and earth. And as we declare, that's why we're able to call things down and to let them be according as we declare them. Verse 48, now those who are made of dust are like him who was first made of dust, earthly minded, and as is the man from heaven. So also are those who are of heaven or heavenly minded. You see, whatever we are, if we are without Christ, we are earthly minded. But when we take on the spirit and the power of Christ, we then become heavenly minded and we bring heaven and earth together. Verse 49. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we, he says, so let so shall we and so let us all bear the image of the man of heaven. I love that. We were born in sin. But now through Christ, we can bear the image of the man in heaven, the life giving spirit savior, the God of the angel armies. But verse 50 says, but I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot become partakers of eternal salvation and inherit or share in the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable, that which is decaying, inherit or share in the imperishable, the immortal. But 51 says, take notice. I tell you, a mystery, a secret truth, an event decreed by the hidden purpose of the counsel of God, we shall not all fall asleep. In other words, we're not gonna come to nothing What death wants to bring us to, but we shall be changed and transformed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the sound of the last trumpet call, for a trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable free, immune from decay, and we shall be changed and transformed. It goes on to say the perishable part of us must put on the imperishable nature, and this mortal part of us, the nature that is capable of dying, must put on immortality. What I'm telling us here is the battle we are in is to fight so that we can see life, immortality, the life that Christ has died to save and to give to us. He's saying that death will not have the victory because right now the enemy's plan for you is to bring you to nothing because the wages of sin, the outcome of sin is death, is nothing. But the gift of God is eternal life. And this perishable is being now summoned, it's being uh, drawn and invited to put on the imperishable. And this mortal part of us, this nature that is capable of dying, must put on the immortal, or immortality, freedom from death. 54. And when this perishable puts on the imperishable, and this that was capable of dying puts on freedom from death, then shall be filled the scripture that says, Death is swallowed up, utterly vanquished forever, and unto victory. O death! Where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Hallelujah. Can we say that again? Because you see, the sin is the sting of death. And sin exercises its power upon the soul through the abuse of the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, who makes us conquerors. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, you were born to be a conqueror. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted to know purpose i'm declaring today that we are in combat and our combat is to decree and to declare and we do it through putting on the, 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 the imperishable nature of christ through the holy spirit that the lord's The angel armies will act on our behalf as we declare and decree, as we prophesy or using the let there be of God and watch him turn situations around and watch him annihilate death time and time again. That when the enemy wants you to say, it's done, it's over, God says, I have the final word. May you be encouraged today. That you are a combatant, whether you like it or not. I want you to roll up your sleeves and begin to declare and decree. What is it that God wants you to declare today? What is it that God wants you to decree today? That let there be, let it be there now. And by faith, we overcome. Because Christ has already overcome the world and defeated death. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it because our God is Jehovah Sabbath. He decides. He has the last word. And the battle is not ours, but it is his. And I'm declaring today that the promises of God will pursue each and every one of us. May you be encouraged not to give up in the fight, but know that your testimony will continue to speak as a witness to the fact that you've been through the war and you've come through with the victory. May God bless you today. May you find that one-two punch that you submit the body to Christ and watch as he fills you with his power and glory and you overcome the enemy. I want to just declare that over you today, you will live and not die, that you will win this battle. No matter what the enemy does, God has the final word. Be blessed today. Roll up your sleeves and know that you are more than a conqueror. God bless.